this time I invite you to turn in your Bibles for the scripture reading to James chapter 1. I'll begin reading at verse 19 to the end of the chapter. Continue on in our sermon series on James. Let us now hear God's word. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is, a, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Thus far the reading of God's holy word made his blessing upon the preaching and teaching of it. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, true religion practices the word of truth. True religion practices the word of truth. And we mustn't forget that this is in the context still of how blessed the man is who perseveres in trials and afflictions. Blessed is the man, at verse 12, who remains steadfast under trials. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, says James. At verse 17, look with me in your Bible. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is unchangeable or immutable. He is not fickle. His will is perfect and good and does not change because He is unchangeable. And verse 18 says, Of His own will He brought us forth by what? By the word of truth. God's Word has brought us forth to be born again to a living hope. God's Word, God's truth, is the very Word of God that gives life to sinners. That is the blessed man or woman of God. And so when we think about our passage, our, the verses that we're considering this morning, verses 19 to 27, we have to keep in mind that we're still in the same context here. Hence, true religion practices the word of truth. Because if we were to take these verses and isolate them, we would think, wow, true religion is just feeding the orphan and widow and taking care of them, doing good works. That's true religion. Just do good works. Well, what distinguishes us from any other religion then? 
No, true religion practices the word of truth in that it believes the Bible. It believe, the person believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of belief in Christ, the Christian, by the power of the Spirit, is enabled and empowered to live out the Christian life. Live out the word of truth. And that's what James' plea is to the church, particularly to these Jewish Christians. You say you have faith. Let's see your faith work. Chapter 1 is almost like a, a thesis for the rest of James. Because he's going to deal with all these individual parts, these individual parts that are unified, but he's going to deal with them separately later on. And so know this, in adversity and trials, true religion practices the word of truth which that word of truth has brought us forth to a new and living hope in Christ. And in verses 19 and 21, we first see here this command, this continuous command by James to receive the word with humility. And James' exhortation follows very closely to Jewish wisdom literature, not only in the Proverbs and the Psalms, but also in extra-biblical literature by the rabbis of old. This is very common Jewish wisdom literature. He says, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of God does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It is upon receiving that implanted word, not only when God plants that word in our heart at conversion, but also continually in taking that word, bringing that word into your life daily, not just on Sundays. Not just on Sundays. If Sunday's your only daily do or your only dose of the word, you're going to suffer throughout the week. You're going to suffer in your spiritual life. But at verse 21, we see that we are to receive the word with meekness. And in receiving the word with meekness, that word which is able to save your souls, we learn how to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We learn how to put to death, put away filthiness and rampant wickedness. That's why I have the first point, receive the word with humility. Because in doing so, we are first quick to hear. Quick to hear what? And quick to hear when? Let every one of you be quick to hear the word of truth. When God speaks, we are to listen. We are to listen. I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1 says, Guard your steps when you go to the house of the Lord. Draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. To draw near to listen is better. Hear, be quick. Be quick, be swift to hear, rather than to open your mouth before God and to others. 
Be quick to hear and slow to speak because a tongue is a deadly poison, says James. And we're going to look into this more deeply when we get to James chapter 3. So I'm going to save a lot of this for later on in the upcoming sermons. But for now, I want to say this, that the tongue is a deadly poison. It has the potential to build up or tear down and destroy relationships and churches. It has the potential to blaspheme God. Blaspheme God. It's better to be quick to hear than quick to speak. And in Jewish wisdom literature, the tongue reveals either wisdom or folly of a man's heart. You want to know the pulse of your heart? If I want to know the pulse of my heart, I need to retract, go back, and see how I spoke. What I'm speaking to others and what I'm saying to myself in my own mind. It's better to be quick to hear than quick to speak. The tongue reveals wisdom or folly of a person. And I dare to say that our tongues frequently reveal the former to us. Doesn't it? Doesn't our tongue reveal our folly? Remember, as I've been saying over and over again in this sermon series, this is what we are called to. But James is not naive to think that we will receive or uh, get to perfection on this side of glory. We will use our tongue unwisely and foolishly. We will speak in haste and say a rash word, a word that harms and hurts our wife or husband or child. James is teaching us what we are called to as born-again Christians, practicing the word of truth. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 2 to 3 say, Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business, and a fool's voice with many words. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. I can go on and on. I have several other references that I can give you because the wisdom literature teaches us the way to wisdom and the way to folly. How do you use your speech? Are you quick to hear and remember what God says concerning your heart and my heart and how we are to respond in adversity and affliction or are we going to speak hastily and sin? Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus and James. James is following his Lord because Jesus says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you and I want to know the pulse of our hearts, who we really are in our hearts, retract, go back, rewind. How are you speaking? Jesus says, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. And we'll speak about that more when we get to James chapter 3. Be quick to hear, slow to speak. Remember God's word of truth. Receive God's word of truth in humility. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. James doesn't refer to here about a righteous anger against sin. He's talking about an anger, a hatred toward one another. Hatred is that, that despising in the heart, that enmity in the heart against another person. Wrath is that expression of the anger in the heart that is unleashed upon a person. If I have anger in my heart and I spew out sin and evil against another person, I'm showing forth my wrath upon a person. Be slow to anger, because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. By righteousness of God, James doesn't refer to the gift of God's righteousness that is received by faith. James is concerned about Christian living, living as born-again Christians who live by faith, who are saved by faith alone, in Christ alone. But he's saying, because you have been saved by Christ, because Christ's righteousness has been imputed to you, live out that faith in righteousness. Do good to the glory of God. Live rightly before man to the glory of God. Anger does not do that. See, friends, a Christian is already holy because of Christ's blood, and yet the Bible teaches that faith works. It's a constant battle against sin and evil. It's a putting off the old garments of evil and wickedness and putting on the new garments of righteousness. Look in your Bible at verse 20. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. There's this idea of taking off and putting on clothes. If you're taking notes, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 and following, Colossians chapter 3, Paul uses the same metaphor of taking off and putting on clothes. You have died with Christ. Your sins have been buried with Him. And you have been made alive in Him. Now as you walk the Christian life, continually, daily, put off, take off the deeds of evil and wickedness and put on Jesus. 
And if you want to do that, Christian, if you want to do that, if you want to persevere in that, you must receive the Word daily, a daily dose of the Word. Because it is the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, that transforms lives. Listen to some of these passages. Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the fool's of heart, or in the heart of fools. Anger begins where? Here. And if it's not controlled, where does it come out? The deadly poison of the tongue. James is very practical, isn't he? James knows human nature. <laughs> it's like, okay, James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you're speaking right to the heart now. You get me. You get me. You understand me. And the propensity I have to use my tongue for evil and not for good. There was an English pastor that wrote a book back in the 1800s, 1800s entitled, Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Later in life, he became engaged in a, a theological controversy that was very heated. And in each stage of the discussion, he got even angrier and angrier. Finally, he prepared a paper which he intended to be a crushing and final reply to this certain individual. He closed the argument by, by um, um, trying to irresistibly and overwhelmingly convince this, convince this guy, but he used unkind, uncompassionate language. His anger came through. His anger came through. He showed his opponent, didn't show his opponent any mercy or anything like that. When he finished the paper, he read it to a friend and asked triumphantly, how do you think I handled him? How do you think I handled him? Think about that question. Well, said his friend, you have effectually disposed of him. Have you thought about a title for your paper? No, Hall replied. Have you anything to suggest? His friend answered, I propose that you call it Go to the Devil by the author of Come to Jesus. I think that illustrates pretty much what James is talking about. It sums it up, doesn't it? Go to the devil by the author who writes, Come to Jesus. The paper eventually was never published because the gentleman who wrote it took the rebuke humbly. He received it humbly. There will be plenty of time to expound on the tongue when we hear a sermon on James 3, but I want to ask a couple questions. How are you receiving the word of truth? Is the word of truth enabling you and empowering you to be quick to hear and slow to speak? How about in your homes and relationships Fathers, mothers, how are we speaking to our children in anger or in words seasoned with salt? 
because you receive the word humbly and you share that word with your children. Husbands, how do you speak to your wives? How do you speak to your wives? Wives, how do you speak to your husbands? Perhaps we need to crank up the hearing aids of our hearts. Remember, remember, receive the implanted word with humility and you will learn by the power of the Spirit to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Secondly, two kinds of hearers of the word. Verses 22 to 25, there are two types of hearers. The hearer who forgets and the hearer who acts. James is quite straightforward here. The hearer who forgets and the hearer who acts. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. He looks intently or observes carefully at his natural face. He sees all the features and yet when he leaves the mirror and he goes out about, he forgets what he even looks like. Similarly, similarly, the person who forgets is the one who forgets God's word. He does his devotions. He comes to church every Sunday, twice on Sunday, twice on Sunday. He hears the word preached. He's done daily devotions. Man, his mind is full of stuff. He knows the Bible. And yet he goes out into the workplace and he treats his neighbor like trash. He speaks unkindly. He speaks in anger. He's a deceived heart. He thinks, he thinks that he's doing right by God. But he's deceived. Is the Lord speaking to your heart by His Spirit? Is He pricking your heart right now about your life? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Forgive me, Father. Forgive me. Have mercy upon me. Confess your sins. And He is faithful and just to forgive you and to purify you from all unrighteousness. Help me, Father, to have ears to hear and eyes to see. Help me be the other kind of hearer, the second kind, the hearer who acts. Verse 25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James here teaches what is similarly taught in Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect because God is perfect, God is good, and God is the lawgiver, and therefore the law is good. And it, it is a guide to gratitude for the Christian. It is a guide to live our lives for the glory of God. And so when we look intently upon the perfect law, the, the law of liberty, we know blessing We know blessing, inner, personal blessing from God. 
Remember, in the context of adversity and trials, it doesn't mean all your problems go away, but that inner peace that we sung about resides in our hearts. That's the blessedness that we know. Our Lord Jesus taught us the same message. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man, a blessed man who built his house on the rock. Jesus and James are on the same page. So is Paul and James. We see the unity of Scripture. So what kind of hearer are you? Are you the one that hears and forgets? Or hears and acts? How are you receiving the word this day? How is the Spirit challenging you to walk in Christ and for His glory? Has the Lord convicted you of sin and you want to do nothing about it? How are you hearing the word? Master, speak, your servant heareth. Really? Really? Did you sing that song and you mean it? Or I mean it? We're asking a lot here. We're praying a lot and singing that song, aren't we? (laughs) I'm preaching to myself, by the way. What do you hear when you hear it? And how are you to respond? What's the so what of what James is teaching us? Thirdly, there's two kinds of religion according to the word of truth. Religion is the external expression or external rituals reflecting one's inner beliefs. They're those ritualistic acts that people do because of some internal inner belief. And there are only two kinds, James says, worthless religion and pure and undefiled or true religion. He says at verse 26, if anyone thinks he is, a, he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but dele- deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. The first kind is worthless religion. He comes back to the subject of anger in our tongue. The heart of man who has a loose and unbridled tongue is deceived. He is practicing a worthless religion. Has no value. He's not saying that when we practice a worthless religion that we're not Christian. We're demonstrating worthless religion. We're not showing our faith at work. A number of years ago, there was a pastor who went to watch his young son play a basketball game, and during the game, he sat near another parent who yelled at the refs the entire game, spewing wrath upon the refs and cursing at the refs. During halftime, the pastor started a conversation with the man who couldn't control his anger and and bridle his tongue. When the man discovered that the other parent was a pastor, he said, oh, I'm a Christian too. I go to such and such church. The pastor said to him, please do me a favor. Don't tell anyone. Here's a sobering thought. Here's a sobering thought. Jesus says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. 
for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now listen to what he says. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. It may be true for Christians that our words are words of faith. Lord, I believe I am a sinner, broken, humbled by you, and I need your grace. I need you to put to death my tongue and its poison. Worthless religion. Worthless religion is a religion that does not practice the word of truth, but true religion, pure undefiled religion, is a religion, a practice of the Christian. A practice of the Christian that we see in verse 27. Look with me in your Bible. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep one uns unstained from the world. In other words, be merciful to the helpless. Pursue holiness of heart. Visit widows and orphans. Now we're talking widows who had no one to care for them. They didn't have children to care for them. Or, yeah, children, adult children to care for them. They were down and out. Orphans were down and out. They were the helpless in society. Keep yourself free from contamination of worldly evils. In other words, keep guard over your heart and pursue holiness of heart. So may the word of truth that has been given to you, Christian, and planted in your heart, lead you into a practice of mercy ministry, into a practice of pursuing holiness and righteousness. In other words, in other words, be imitators of your Father in heaven. And when we fall short, I'll say this again, when we fall short, we confess our sins to our Father through Christ our Lord and receive His cleansing power and mercy. There'll be more on this later. More on this later. But I'm going to close with this. Everyone is religious, friends. Everyone is religious. If you're an atheist in this sanctuary or if you're an atheist watching online, you are religious. I don't care how you slice it or dice it, you're religious. We're always expressing what's in our hearts. Always. Religiously. And I'm going to ask you, what kind of religion are you practicing? What kind of religion are you practicing? Ask yourself, why do I practice religion? Is it for Christ and His glory? Or is it to make me feel good about myself? I hope it's the former. Why do I practice the Christian faith? Because Christ so loved me and died for me and cleansed me of my sins. And I, in gratitude to God, love for God, want to follow Him and obey His word. Ask yourself, who gets the glory? 
Am I drawing attention to myself or to God who saves sinners and who is worthy of all glory, honor, and praise? Ask yourself questions. What religion do you practice? If your faith is not grounded in the one and only Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have not trusted in Him for the forgiveness of your sins, if you have not trusted in Him for hope and salvation and eternal life, your religion is worthless. Only those who love Christ and believe in His name belong to Christ and the Father. And only those who belong to the Father and belong to Christ will walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Because the Spirit has been poured out into our hearts and He is with us always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You for Your holy word of truth. May You, O Lord, apply this precious word to our hearts May sinners, unrepentant sinners, be brought to faith and repentance and know your healing mercy. May those, Lord, who hear and believe already know your encouragement and comfort in Christ and have that holy desire to walk in your word and in holiness and righteousness. Oh God, be with us now as we partake of the supper, as we taste and see that you indeed are good. In Jesus' name.